Welcome to a new episode of the Upper Room Church Podcast. Let's join Pastor Johnson as he shares another life-changing message. Thank God for that prayer coming from Brother Obibor. Thank God for all of you. Thank you for scripture reading coming from our Brother Parker. Well, you have your Bibles. You, you get your word. We're going to get right into our study on today. Coming out of the book of uh, St. Matthew's, the fifth chapter. We're celebrating. We're still thanking God for the home going of our sister on, on yesterday, uh, Mother Catherine Robinson. Amen. Had a beautiful home going service for her on yesterday. I tell you, one of, one of the most uh, beautiful services that I've been in in quite some time. Amen. Everything just was wonderful. The people were wonderful. And I tell you, God, amen, got the praise and the glory on yesterday. And, a, and another soldier, we thank God for welcoming, welcoming her uh, into his kingdom. Uh, amen. Receiving her. Amen. The life that she led. Amen. You know, uh, we live, we live each and every day. We live our funeral. We live our, we, 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 we really preaching our own funeral as we live. So actually my job on yesterday was quite easy. And that was just to, um, uh, just, uh, you know, just reminisce or say something good and kind about her. But, um, you know, she had lived her funeral. And, and so we just thank God for that. And nothing I could add or take away from it, but just uh, pick her back up, pick it back on the life that she lived and how much she loved God right here in our presence in this church. So beautiful home going service on yesterday for Mother Mother Catherine Robinson. Thank God for her. All right. Now you got your word. Uh, much prayer still continue to go on for the family, the bereaved family, that God will strengthen them children, those grandbabies, those her daughters and everything, that God will continue to strengthen them, that they be able to go forward and uh, feel the comfort that only God can give them. All right. And Matthew, the fifth chapter, uh, fifth chapter, Matthew, this particular book here, I won't read all of this in, in, in entirety, but the first verse down through uh, the 11th verse and 12th verse is what they call the beatitude. Uh, Jesus gave the beatitude, you know, blessed are the poor, blessed are they that mourn and the meek and all those. and uh, Blessed are the merciful and, 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 and the peacemakers. We definitely need all that, all the disturbance that we have seen in our city. Thank God Memphis, Tennessee really didn't see much disturbance uh, with the protesters that were here, uh, you know, uh, uh, protesting about the... Um, uh, the injustice that was uh, that was done upon uh, this young man. I thank God that the uh, protesters had enough, uh, uh, you know, uh, consideration for the family and for the person who was deceased, not to tear up our city because tearing up the city won't bring him back. And I'm glad his mom asked him and pleaded to them. Uh, don't tear the city up. This is this is not what he wanted. So they protest, and I tell you, uh, uh, some of us was quite nervous. I know my boss was quite nervous, and a lot of other bosses was quite nervous. And I didn't really understand why. I was I was out of town at the at the moment, and when she called and asked me, Thomas, where are you? How far you out? And I was uh, up in Swifton, Swifton, Arkansas, uh, delivering uh, my making my last delivery, and. 
uh, I told her I could be back in not long before. Uh, I was getting in around about, I think, 1 or 2 o'clock. And uh, she didn't tell me, explain why she wanted me to get on in. And I see now uh, because they had blocked the highway, Highway 55, which I had to come down uh, there to get back to uh, uh, the, um, the office, the uh, uh, home ter- the terminal, but anyway, they blocked the traffic. Cars were blocked off. They couldn't go nowhere. They had eighteen wheelers out there blocked off, and and they was interviewing some of them. Some of them had no idea that they would be held up in traffic. One man had a long ways to go. You all probably seen some of them on the news. He asked them, "Where are you going?" I'm going to Oklahoma. I said to myself, "He won't get there today. He probably won't get there till sometime the next day." But he was. They held him up and traffic up for quite some time. So I just thank God that I didn't get caught in that traffic uh, coming in. And uh, I didn't get caught in that traffic uh, coming home uh, because they tried to get us in early enough to get off the road, get to our home. And I was wondering, I never seen these folks in a, uh, in the way that they was moving around there. And they, they thought they were going to tear this city up. But I'm just so grateful to God that they didn't. God be the praise. God be praised and God get the glory. But I heard that uh, other cities, Atlanta and uh, New York, they cut up pretty, pretty, pretty bad. Uh, and so we pray uh, that God will um, bless them that they don't do it no more. And because this violence is not the way. We had one of the greatest leaders of all time coming out of the world. And, and he got so much done through nonviolent uh we had, uh, uh, you know, Martin Luther King, he marched for civil rights, and he didn't believe in getting things done through violence, just peaceful, peaceful protests. And, of course, we had the other leader, Mecca Everest, uh, who was a Muslim. Uh, he believed in uh, getting things done through force. They just tore up things. And, and so him and Malcolm, I'm not a Mecca, not Mecca, but Malcolm, uh, his philosophy in a way he got things done in a way uh, Martin got things done with two different ways and they sort of clash with the way that they was going to represent uh, because uh, I think we can get more done through prayer and peaceful protest. You can't twist my arm and make me treat you right but we can reason we can reason we can sit in and talk about the injustice and uh, show a person uh, their injustice and Hopefully in prayer for God will soften their heart to see that uh, injustice anywhere is definitely a threat to justice everywhere. All right, look at the word of the Lord here in St. Matthew, the uh, fourth chapter. And, and I want to key in on verse number six. Verse number six says, Blessed are they which do hunger and thirst after righteousness, for they shall be filled. I just want to deal with this particular one, not the other beatitude, but this is the one that the Lord has laid upon my heart, amen, to come and talk about on today. Blessed are they that do hunger, 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 and thirst after uh, God, righteousness after God, for they shall be Field. It's just a blessing to thirst after God. I don't know about you, but but today, this morning, I can truly say that I have a hunger for God. This is what's going on in our world. It's ever it's increasing that the hunger for God is is, is no longer there. Is it's going away. People they they got a hunger in a in a, in a, in a, in a, in a pride or thirst to do other things, but there's hunger for God. 
is lacking in the lives of our people, the black community, the white community, you just name every community that's out there, this, this hunger for God is just not there. And that's a shame. They really uh, are been deceived by the devil by letting Satan uh, offset them not to have this hunger for God. I don't know about you, brothers and sisters, but I'm persuaded in my mind we need God in this world to bring peace and stability. You know, when Jesus was born in Bethlehem, one of the things that the angel said, he said, peace on earth and goodwill toward men. You remember that? Uh, he's a peace on earth. We need the police department. They they don't know what to do. Our police chief need prayer, and uh, she she don't really know or can't grasp why men would or uh, anybody would do such a heinous crime as was committed. She tried to uh, do her best as a uh, uh, as our police chief to control our police department. All of them not corrupt. Everybody, all officers, not rotten to the core. We do have some bad officers, some bad, some they call them bad. Some said bad apples. Some said bad actors. Yeah, we got some, a lot of them. They're everywhere. Bad actors. And you can't judge everybody by just a few of them that just might be some bad actors. And so we are uh, praying that the Lord will uh, bless Amen. Our people. And so he said, uh, blessed are they that do hunger and what? First after God. So when you think about hunger, I think all of us have can identify with being uh, hungry at a particular time. Hunger is something that can't be satisfied with nothing else other than what will uh, soothe it or calm it down. You can be you can be hungry as you want to be. And uh, I can give you a glass of water, but water will not uh, replace hunger. It will not make the hunger go away. The hunger pain will still be there. You seen movies with folks out in the desert. They was trapped and they was, uh, uh, you know, just caught out there in the desert. Couldn't make it home hot in the sun. And they were, they were hungry. They were thirsty. And some of them will put, eat sand. And when you see them eating sand, you know, all uh, putting sand in their mouth. They just don't know having hallucination and uh, they're going to kill themselves by eating sand, by thinking they're drinking water, have a hallucination of sin or a mirage of water out there. Oh, there's a huge oasis of water there. Go look, run and try to dive into it and just dive it into the sand. So, but my point is this, nothing can replace uh, that hunger that one uh, is enduring other than food. That's the only thing that can replace, that can stop the hunger and the hunger pain. They have to have some bread. Y'all follow what I'm saying? That when you're thirsty, nothing can, nothing can really quench the thirst after being in the hot sun other than water, H2O. I mean, you can drink lemonade. That's good. You can drink tea. You know, you just name the thing that you, the beverage of beverages that you can drink uh, because you're thirsty. But nothing can really quench that thirst like water. I mean, you can get you a cold 45 trying to quench that thirst. That won't do it. The, the, the thirst is still there. I mean, it might be soothing 
to your throat going down, but that thirst, that thirst, I mean, if you really want water, when you get through drinking the 45 or the Bud Light or Michelob or whatever it might be, you still need some water because our body needs water. That makes sense in the body? You need some, we need some water and we need some food. God designed our body and that's what we need. We must have food and water to sustain life. So here in the spiritual realm, we see that, in other words, for a person to, 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 to have, uh, to be alive in God, he used this analogy about, about blessed are they that do hunger and thirst after God. And so I thank God today that I have and you have a hunger for God. God has to put that in you, to that, that thirst and that hunger to go after him. This is why men and women don't go after God because that hunger is, that hunger is not there. You, you, you seen children at home sometimes. Mom, she had to run us out of the fridge. Get out of that refrigerator. Why are you in there? Look for something to eat. Hungry, looking for something. What's in here to eat? Come home from a day's work. Look for something to eat. And uh, you heard folks say, well, you didn't put nothing in there. Ain't no sense in looking up in there. Ain't nothing in there. You didn't put nothing in, 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 in there. Y'all follow what I'm saying? Amen. Somebody know what I'm talking about because they laughing right now. A lot of time I be looking at the refrigerator. Ain't nothing in there. You ain't put nothing in there. Ain't nothing in there. Amen. Think it's just something going to appear? I wish a big juicy steak could appear. Amen. But but anyway, so this hunger, nothing can satisfy it but God. The, the, the void that in, that's in man's life right now, they are chasing many different things, trying to fill the void that's in our life. All of us, God made it that way. There is a, a emptiness, a void that's in man's life, that's in the woman's life, that, that nothing else can ever satisfy but God Almighty. Can you say amen? You can have all the money in the world. We have known men who had money that were filthy rich, but wasn't happy. Wasn't happy at all. I remember years ago when uh, uh, the deacon that was in our church at that time, Deacon Brown, he used to tell us all about Howard Hughes. I didn't know much about him. He said Howard Hughes at that time was one of the richest men in the world. Well, we know if he lived in this day and time, it wouldn't be Howard Hughes. It will be this other man who bought uh, uh, Twitter. Uh, but uh, he's not the richest now. He's the, the second richest. In, uh, but anyway, he was saying that Howard Hughes at that time, this is, this is 25, 30, 40 years ago, earlier when I got in ministry, Howard Hughes was the richest man in the world. But you know what? He died. I mean, he, he, he couldn't even eat a steak. He couldn't eat a steak. He said, Howard Hughes, richest man in the world, but he can't sit down to the dinner table and eat a steak like you and I because he had a stomach problem. He had a stomach cancer. And he couldn't even enjoy food. He had the money to buy as many steaks as he wanted to buy, but he couldn't enjoy a steak. Why? Because he had a condition. Y'all follow what I'm saying? So, Men can be, we seen folk with wealth that accumulated things in this life and going to continue to accumulate things in this life, but yet life, the life that they, that they are experiencing cannot give satisfaction. Your only set way we can get satisfaction is through our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Can you say amen? The Bible said, having food and raiment, let us be content. But we can't be content with food. We can't be content with, with clothing. Hey, what you got on look fine. Well, I got to go and find me something to wear. 
How many times have we heard that? We going somewhere, oh, I ain't got nothing to put on. Looking at a closet full of clothes. But what you mean is you don't have anything that you like to, anything new that you like to wear. You don't want to put on something old. You want to put on something new. But never say you don't have nothing to wear because our clothes, our closets are filled with clothes. Right? We got clothes. I got four, five suits. Ain't no sense. I ain't, man, I ain't got a suit to wear. It's a suit in there. It just ain't the one you want to wear. So we will always long for more. That's the way man is. He will always want more and more and more and more. That's the way it is. We have to to ask God, Lord, help me be satisfied with what I got. Get, get get the greed out of me. Get the envy out of me. Get the lust out of me. Get get the warning from what somebody else has out of me. We we are, we have so much, and you have to pray to ask God, Lord, help me be satisfied. Because if He don't put satisfaction on the inside of you, you forever be running after this and running after that all our lives. Can you say, Amen? I thank God He coming me down. I never will forget, I, I was talking to one lady, she was talking about a car. We're talking about car. She said, well, you can go and buy a brand new one, but after next year, it's going to be out of style. Because they keep making them. <laughs> and, and they get prettier and prettier. And, and no matter how pretty yours is, one coming out next year, out, they'll top that. You know, that makes sense in the body? You can go buy an outfit at wherever you go buy that, and it, it look good. But, hey, when they come out with the next one, it's going to look better than that. So we have to ask God, Lord, teach me. Teach me, teach me, Lord, how to be satisfied with such things I have. Amen. Lord, I can get where I'm going. I can. I got food to eat. I got clothes to put on. Having food and raiment, you know, the basic things of life. We need to learn to be satisfied. But God has to teach you how to be satisfied with such things as we have. So he said, uh, he, but they that do hunger after righteousness. Shall be filled. If you hunger for God, God going to find a way to fill that void in your life. And I thank God today that the hunger that I have for him, he's feeling it. I got to have God. I got to have God. I don't have enough of God. I, I, what I experience today and what I'm going to experience tomorrow, it, it, it's not enough to get me through tomorrow. So I constantly have to have God repeatedly over and over and over in my life. Because what I face tomorrow might be a bigger challenge than I face today. So I always need him. Always need him. So we have to pray that we always have that that hunger for God. Go after God with all you got, my brother and my sister. Look at, we're going just a little bit further. Look at the word of the Lord in the book of St. John. St. John, the first or fourth chapter. Jesus talked to this woman that was at the well. We're talking about the hunger, the hunger. Why aren't people hungry for God? Why are you, are you hungry for him today? Well, some of us, some of us don't have it, that appetite for God. Some of us have to be talked to and have to be lectured and shown that you really need God. Because some of us haven't really thought about it as seriously as we should have think, think about it. So that, that's why the Lord said we got to witness to one another. We got to go out into the world and witness to the folk. Because they, they never knew or never thought they needed God like, they, like you presented to them or like they uh, ever thought they would need him. But you need him. You will never be your, your, your full self. Y'all hear what I'm saying? You will never be all that you can be. 
all that you need to be without God in your life. Remember the Apostle Paul said, I can do all things, what? Through Christ that strengthened me. So you can never be your best self. Regardless of what the world said, what the world said, you will never be your better person, your best self without God. So I need him and I have this hunger. I have this hunger for him that he will help me be the best man that I can be, the best man I know I can be when I get God in my life. When you get God in your life, brother and sister, this is when you can be your best self. So in, in the book of St. John, the fourth chapter, Jesus had a conversation with the woman here at the well. Number verse number six, St. John, the fourth chapter, verse number six. Check this out. And it says, now Jacob well was there. Now, uh, Jacob built a well. He dug a well and he gave it to his children. Joseph, his sons, and they enjoyed the well, got water out of the well. Amen. Uh, but here, Jacob well was there. The woman was there. And Jesus, they all going to meet up down at this well that Jacob dug. All right. And Jacob well was there. And uh, and and uh, now Jacob well was there. And Jesus, therefore, being weary with his journey, he got tired with his journey. You know, on his, on his journey, you know, we're going to get tired sometimes. And uh, Jesus was traveling from one town to another one, and he got tired, and he stopped over there. But Jacob well to get some water, and he met this woman down there. And uh, and so it's living to know on our Christian journey, we all get tired. I I get tired. You get tired. We all get tired. But because you get tired, or you're going to get tired, don't mean you quit. If you get tired, you just need you just need a little rest. You get tired, you just need a little refreshing. That's why the Bible is designed and talk about we, we have revival from time to time. You hear a church out where we have a revival over here, a revival over there. What's, what, a revival is not for sinners. A revival is for the church, folks, because we get tired. We work our daily job. We come to the church. We work. We sing. We work with the choir. We work with this our, our, our auxiliary. We do that. And sometimes you just get tired. You can be doing so much, we get tired. A revival is, is for people of God, the people of God, who just get tired working physically for the Lord. And revival is it's designed so to energize you, to build you up, to give you uh, the enthusiasm, to, to look forward to, hey, I, I got this, this oppressive way, and I, even though I'm tired, I got to keep on pressing my way. If I quit and give up, then I'll go back to my old life. So revival is to motivate you and encourage you to keep doing good works. Y'all hear what I'm saying? That's what revival for. And, and, and every Sunday, every Sunday we come to church, it should be a revival. This is what it's all about. My lecture, my teaching, it, it is in the form of revival. I'm trying to motivate you. Don't stop. Don't get tired. Don't turn around. Don't go back to your old ways. This is a revival right now. It's, it's nothing but somebody say a pep talk. Somebody cheering need a pep talk. Some of y'all need a pep talk. Amen. Keep on doing what you're doing. Amen. And so Jesus met this woman at the well, and he said, uh, and Jesus, uh, uh, being weary with the journey, he sat thus on the well. And it was about the sixth hour, around about 12 o'clock noon. And verse number seven said, then comes a woman of Samaria to draw water. And Jesus said unto her, give me to drink. Will you give me uh, 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 some water to drink, a cold drink of water? And verse number eight said, for his disciples were going away into the city to buy meat. But at this particular time, Jesus didn't, he wasn't really needing meat. He was thirsty because he is hot 
amen, walking in the desert, and he needed a cold drink of water. And he met this Samaria woman, and he said, will you please give me some water to drink? In verse number nine, then said the woman of Samaria unto him, how is it that thou, you being a Jew, ask a drink of me, which am a woman of Samaria, Samaria, for the Jews have no dealing with the Samaria. Now, the woman asked a, uh, that was a good question. Samaria said, no, question is a foolish question. But the woman was very, very curious. And she said, now, she knew it was hot. But Jesus said, will you give me a drink of water? And the woman said, how is it that you being a Jew, just, just think, she's a Samaritan. Samaritan was half Jew. They were half breed, mixed people, you know. Uh, and so, and the Jews had no dealing with the Samaritan. See, the Samaritan were uh, a village where uh, the Jewish men would run off and leave their wives and go down there and court the other women. And, and so that would, and they had a bunch of half breed, half Jews and half Samaritan, and they were mixed. And Jews were people that pride themselves in being a pure, full-blooded blooded Jew. And if you wasn't a full-blooded Jew, you were looked upon or frowned upon in an in a, in a unfriendly way. And so gee, this woman told Jesus, how is it that you've been a Jew, ask me for water? And you know the Jews don't like us. But when you really think about it, uh, those men, I don't mean to just go that way. They couldn't have hated them that bad. They ran off down there and cheated on their wife. <laughs> you know, <laughs> and that makes sense about, okay, we're going to move on from there. That's another day. But don't tell me they didn't like them, but they they, had to, they were pretty looking women, so they had to somewhat like them. They ran off there and then cheated. So here he said, then the woman said, how is it you been a Jew, ask me for water, and the Jews have no dealing with uh, the Samaritan. And Jesus said, Jesus answered and said unto her, if thou knew the gift of God, you, you, your question is vital, but, but if you knew the gift of God and who it is that said to thee, give me a drink, thou would ask him and he would give you living water. So Jesus said, now, now this is a vital question that you ask me being a Jew. Why am I asking you for water? But if you really knew who it was that asked you for a drink of water, you know, if people really knew Jesus, yeah. that's the problem right there. If men and women really knew God. That's our problem. Uh -huh. Do you know him? Yes. That's a good question this morning. Can somebody say, do you know him? That's the problem with our world. That's the problem with this society. Do you know him? Know. And not to know him, amen, is a crying shame. There's no reason why we shouldn't know him. He's everywhere. He's everywhere and in God's people. And so Jesus said, if you knew who it was that were talking to you, have you ever been talking to somebody and you didn't really know them? And they had to uh, tell you who they were. It happens to me many, many times. I've talked to folks. Oh, I didn't know you were so-and-so, so-and-so. I didn't know you then. But, but if you've known who they were, you probably wouldn't have said some of the things that you probably said. That makes sense to anybody? A lot of times I've met folks and, man, they, they start talking and, and before they know, they loose, their lips got loose and they start saying cuss words and everything. When they found out that, that I was a preacher, uh, we was at the funeral on yesterday and uh, Sister John, they had work, folk coming up saying different things, you know, three minutes to talk about the person going on. And uh, Sister Johnson came up. They was about to cut the program off. 
Because had so many came up, five, six, and we they wanted to move on the guy that was doing the narrator. They was about to cut the program off, and Sister Jones came up, and she was standing all over there on the side to be next to come up to the mic to say something good about Mother Robinson. He was ready to cut it off, but Minister Larry was over on, on the far end, and the narrator was finna cut it off, and Larry looked at the narrator and said, that's the other Johnson wife right there. And he looked at me, he said, that's your wife? I said, yeah. You ain't finna cut this program off either. See, see, he didn't know who I was. But Larry told him, that's Ella Johnson's wife right there. And so, you gonna let her talk. Can you say amen, somebody? See, sometimes you can be doing something and not knowing who the person is. He didn't know, he didn't know that she was my wife. You can't cut it off. Larry let her know. That's Pastor Johnson's wife right there. But he was ready to move on because so many had already said some words. And so sometimes we can be talking to folks and we don't know who they are. And when, if you really know who they are, your attitude change, your expression change. And when a man knew who she was and found out who I was, after we after the recession, we moved out and went outside. The body came out behind her. I left my head up in the pulpit under the seat. And I was finna go back in. And the narrator, he was a minister. And I said, man, I got to go back in there. The people was coming out and loading the, loading the body in the hearse. I said, I got to go back in and get my hat. And by him knowing who I was then, he said, don't worry about it. I get it. He went in and oh, you ready to go get my hat now because you know who I am. But see, when he didn't know who I was, forget your hat. <laughs> get your own hat. See what I'm saying? It makes a difference when you know who people are. And so Jesus told this woman, he said, if you knew who it was that asked you for water, you would ask me and I would give you living water. Can you say amen, somebody? Then the woman said to him, sir, thou hast nothing to draw with. You don't have, you don't have nothing to get the water out of the well, and the well is deep. From whence then hast thou that living water? But she didn't understand. She didn't know who Jesus was. And verse number 12 said, Art thou greater than our father Jacob, which gave us the well, and drank thereof himself, and his children, and his cattle? Are you greater than Jacob? She just didn't know. Yes, Jesus greater than Jacob. Jesus, he was before Jacob. Amen. He was Jacob. Amen. Amen. Father, God, he created Jacob. Amen. He, uh, in verse 13, saying, Jesus answered and said unto her, Whosoever drink of this water. Sometimes you just got to have a conversation with folk. You ain't got to bust them down. Jesus didn't just run up in there and say, Look, lady, I'm, I'm Lord God Almighty from heaven. He didn't just bust her down. She didn't understand. He just had a conversation with her and, 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 and explained to her the situation. Jesus said, woman, uh, whosoever drink of this water shall thirst again. This water is good. But whoever drink this water, you will get thirsty again maybe later this evening or later tonight or tomorrow. You will get thirsty again. But whosoever drink of the water that I shall give him shall never thirst. And that's one thing what I love about God. When we hunger and thirst after God, he said we shall be filled and drinking Jesus' water. We'll never thirst again. If you ever taste the water of God. I pray God open their eyes that they will drink of the water that God has to offer. You will never thirst again. Once God come into your life and change you, you will never want to go back to the old life you had. So I just pray that they will just, just drink the water. Somebody said, just drink it. Just taste it. You will never go back to your old life. 
That's all people need. They just need a drink of Jesus' water. And I thank God today that I've been drinking this water for over 40-something years. And I tell you, I, and I love it. I never, I never go back. I want, don't want anything else. Now, when we're talking about drinking water, now I drank a lot of water. And there's a difference in water. You know, you buy this bottle of water. Here's a, the bottle of water here. This is Kroger brand. Great value. Yeah, Walmart. They got other brands. They got, they got one brand called, they call it mountain water, spring water. I taste them all. You know all of them don't taste the same? They all got different flavors. And out of all of the bottle of water I drink, I th I, I, it's, it's me now. The center, to me, tastes the best. Some of you all, y'all might like mountain water or spring water. But to me, some of them just taste terrible. Some of them taste like something else. Got a lot of minerals in it. But the Santos, to me, taste the best drinking water that you can buy. That's me now. Now, you may like something else. You, you might. When we went down to Hot Springs one summer, wife and I, and they got the fountains coming up. You can get water. Man, we went to Walgreens, bought water, got the jugs, and came back. We just get the water out of the jug. We brought back five, six jugs of water from Hot Springs. Uh, because they talk about the water so good. And uh, so it, it, it tastes different. So what I'm saying, all the water that's out there, it tastes different. But when you taste a drink of the water that Jesus is talking about, your life will never be the same. I just want you to try. Somebody say, give God a try. You tried everything else. Well, why, why, why are people afraid to give God a try? Well, I'm going to try and I'm going to see how it's going to turn out. I dare you give God a try. They got this thing on the radio. Uh, I listen to the gospel station as I'm traveling and driving from city to city called K-Love. And they called it the K-Love, take the K-Love uh, challenge. They said, we listen to other gospel music and what have you. They said, take the K-Love challenge. Listen to K-Love for 21 days. And they guarantee you're going to be hooked on listening to K-Love. And I did. I listened to K-Love for 20, almost every day. And I listened to the other station, W-D-I-A-L-O-K, K-95.7. I listened to all of them. And when I listened to them, every day, you know what my channel be on there when I'm driving down the highway? K-Love. I love the way they sing. The song have so much more meaning to them. It ain't all about the beat, the boom, 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 you know, and the bam, bam, bam. The words are so beautiful and just so, just so inspiring to me. And it just seemed just like a, 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 a heavenly song versus all the other stuff that got all the beasts and all the horns and all that. That ain't doing nothing. Just making me, just making me bounce. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> just, just give me a bounce and a rhythm. But the other songs are so beautiful and they just, they seem like they just minister to my spirit. So I'm saying all this stuff ain't the same, y'all. And so I'm saying the water that Jesus was trying to tell this woman about is not the same. He said, but the water that I will give you. Listen to what the Lord said here in verse number 14. But whosoever drink of the water that I shall give him shall never thirst, but the water that I shall give him shall be in him a well of water spread up into eternal life. This is the water that Jesus is talking about. I got something to give that you can't get from this world. The joy that I have the world can't give it to you can you say amen somehow you'll never find satisfaction in the world that you can find in Jesus our Lord never get that never get it that's why they do what they do that's why they're so unhappy that's why they're miserable 
Somebody will say, well, man, if I had all he had, I'd be happy. They can't be happy because they're lacking the Lord. They're miserable. They, they don't know what to do with themselves. They got it all, so to speak, in this life. But they're lacking one thing. That's the Lord Jesus Christ. And so they'll never be happy. Now, the water that the water uh, 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 given by Christ means uh, spiritual life. To be taken uh, of this living water, one must, must drink it. Uh, the act of drinking is not a, uh, a momentary or uh, a single act, but rather a progressive or a repeated drinking. So you just can't drink Jesus' water today and think you got it all. You got to keep on drinking it. You drink it today. We're going to come back next Sunday. We're going to drink it again. As long as you're drinking the water, you're going to be okay. See, the healing is in the water. When you stop drinking it, then you get sick again. Am I making sense to somebody? Let me say it one more time. The healing is in the water. And when you stop drinking it, that's when you get sick again. That's why it's so important. Stay before the Lord. Stay in the presence of God. Stay in the church. Stay with God. Keep on reading your word. Keep on reading the Bible. Keep on coming. Keep on. As long as you're coming, you're going to be well. Y'all hear what I'm saying? Amen. We've been reading and studying in Revelation about the city and what it looked like. I told them on yesterday where we, we're almost about to finish this book. A revelation we're about the 21st chapter and of course it was telling us about uh the city how beautiful the city is the foundation 12 foundation 12 gates and made streets made of gold and and all it's just describing the city that we're going to live in well mother mother uh robinson she she really loved the the, the book we've been studying and but this past wednesday you know she she died of of, of before that, so she didn't get a chance to see how uh, John described uh, how beautiful this city is that we're looking forward to going to. Although she didn't get a chance to hear it, but the life that she lived right here, she would get opportunity to, to be in that city. So I couldn't describe it to it. I couldn't paint the picture. But the life that she lived and the way she was uh, coming to church and for pressing her way, she will, she will get to see that city. And live in it. And that's a wonderful thing. So uh, uh, we thank God for that. So what I'm saying is to, to, to this living water that the Lord is talking about. As I was saying uh, in the book of Revelation. It talks about there's going to be a fountain there. There's going to be a river running from the throne of God. And then there, there, the, the, the tree is there which is called the tree of life. And it has 12 manner man of fruit. And the fruits are good for the healing of the nation. As long as you're eating the fruit and drinking the water, you're well. Y'all hear what I'm saying? As long as you're eating the fruit and drinking the water, you are well. You are healed. You are delivered. You are set free. You will be just fine. You are wonderful. But as soon as you stop, you can't stop. That's what, what, what people don't understand. They will try church. They will try Jesus. And then they will stop. To stop, you don't understand. To stop, you will get worse than what you are. That's what the Bible said. When, 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 when the unclean spirit is going out of a man. He's seeking rest and he moved here and go there. And then when he come back to you, the Bible said he come back and he bring his friends with him. And they come in and they dwell with you and they say, the last state of that man is worse than the beginning. So to stop is a bad thing. Don't stop. It's sort of like taking your medicine. I was, I was taking some medicine here not long ago uh, for my thyroid. And I was having a problem with that medicine. It wasn't working with me. And the doctor said, told me over and over, each one I went to, they said, don't stop taking it. Well, I know we're giving some problems. Mr. Johnson, don't stop taking it. 
Don't stop. Because the thyroid controls a lot of things in your body. Whatever you do, do not stop taking it because it controls your heart. It controls your hormone. It controls a lot of things in your body. People have died when they stop taking the medicine. But I talked to the Lord about it. Now, this is me. I talked to the Lord about it because that particular medicine wasn't agreeing with me. I said, Lord, the doctor said, don't stop taking this medicine. But it's not agreeing with me. I got to get off it. And so I told Sister John, I said, I'm, by faith, I'm not going to take it. I prayed and asked the Lord. I said, I know it can hurt you. And Melanie, she told me she knew a lady that stopped taking her medicine. That lady died. Oh, I'd have heard all that here. I'm shaking in my boots. If I stop, it might kill me. But if I keep taking it, the way it makes me feel, I feel like I'm already dead. <laughs> I said, I ain't got much of a choice here, Lord. I keep taking it. I'm having trouble. And if I stop, it could kill me. I said, Lord, I'm not going to take it no more, and I'm going to trust you. I stopped taking the meds. I'm going to tell you, I went through some changes, though. I stopped taking it. My chest stopped pounding. My heart started hurting, and I got scared, James. And I went back in there and took a pill. It went away. But it's still having the same problem. I said, no, it still ain't right. I'm going to stop. And then one day I finally said, Lord, well, if I die, I'm going to die. And I, and I stopped taking the pill. Chest started beating. Heart started hurting. I said, well, if I die, I know I'm going to heaven. I ain't taking it no more. Sister Jones, you might well get ready. You, you just ain't going to have no husband. If I die, you just ain't going to have no husband. I'm going to be with the Lord. But I ain't taking it no more. I stopped taking it. Chest stopped hurting. Heart stopped hurting. Everything went back to normal. And I ain't took, it. I ain't took a pill now in almost three months. I went to the doctor the other day. And he checked me. He said, how, how you feel since you stopped taking it? I said, I feel fine. I feel good. Hallelujah. I feel better now since I stopped in our world when I was taking it. He said, all right, then that must not have been for you. You're going to kill me taking it and kill me if I don't. It's the wrong medicine. It's the wrong medicine. So what I said, that is, some medicine, they tell you don't stop taking because it can hurt you. But I'm telling you seriously, in this thing right here with Jesus drinking Jesus' water and being hungry and thirsty for God, as long as you're taking this, it will, you will be better. It ain't no doubt in my mind when you stop taking it, you will, you will get worse. That is a fact. We've seen it in the Bible. It is true. If you stop walking with the Lord, you get worse. There's no lie. I've seen it. So keep on walking with him. Yes. Keep on walking with him. And you will, you will get better and better and better. So Jesus, this woman said here, the Lord said, if you drink this water, he said, it will be well of water spring up into eternal life. And note the verse number 15 said, a woman said to him, sir, give me this water. This lady, she want water that will be a well going up into eternal life. In other words, what Jesus was talking about, a, a, a spiritual life. So Jesus is saying that if you drink my water, I will give you a spiritual life. This is what's lacking in our world today. Men and women do not have a spiritual life. What kind of life do you have? Do you have a spiritual life or not? Well, no. I was talking to one of my coworkers the other day, and he was saying, Thomas, I really don't go to church and, and things like that. But what I've done, he said, uh, 
He knows my life is different than his. And uh, he said, what I done, I downloaded the Bible. I don't read the Bible. You know, we work all the time. We hardly have time to read. So he said, tell me what I done. I downloaded the Bible app on my phone, and I just let the man talk. I just I just drive and, and let the man talk. So he listened to the word as a man. The man reading it, he just listened. Because we, we, we work hard and we be busy. So you may have not have time to read your word every day, but he's, he's listening now to the word. And maybe later on from listening to the word, he'd get his nerve up enough to, to go to somebody church somewhere. It got start somewhere. So what, what, what Jesus said, this word I'm going to give you, it's going to cause you to have a spiritual life. He don't have a spiritual life. He's trying to develop a spiritual life. And I said, Billy, that's good. That's one step. You're doing a good thing. You listen to the man read the word. Amen. So you can download the app on your phone and let him read it to you. Sometimes I come home, I be so tired of read. I just I I, I got I got a little 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 part. I just put it on the man. I got all the books on the Bible. I just hit the paw and get in the bed and he read. Next thing I listen as long as I can. Next thing I know I'm going to sleep. Well, I went to sleep, listen to the word. I heard some scripture before I went to sleep. And so that's feeding my spiritual man. So what I'm saying here, if Jesus said the water that I'm going to give you, it means a spiritual life. Brothers and sisters, what we are lacking in the world today is a spiritual life. Don't ever, don't ever uh, be in that way. Always desire that have a hunger for God and that thirst for God. We need a spiritual life, and this will help you be your better self. Are y'all listening to me? The water that I'm going to give you, that I can give you, will be a well of water springing up until eternal life. Now, Brother Peter talks about, Brother Peter talks about in Peter 2, 2 Peter 2, 1, 17, about people that are, he said they are springs without water. When you don't have Christ in your life, we're not going to turn there. But Peter said there are people in this world today, they are springs without water. Now, what's a spring without water? Ain't nothing but a creek dried up. And that's what a lot of folks' lives is. It's just a creek dried up. It's like a tree, but no fruits on it. Yeah. What can you do with a tree with no fruits on it? What good is a creek but it's dried up? I'm going to the creek to swim in and to drink water, to get some fresh water running down there. What good is a creek? And I got all my cattle, all my cows, and my horses need a drink of water. But we get to the creek, it's dried up. It make you want to curse the creek. And so that's the way a lot of people's lives are. A creek dried up. Springs without water. But Jesus said, if you accept me and drink my water, you will have a spiritual life. And this is what we all are liking, a spiritual life. Let's move just a little bit further. I'm, not, I'm almost done. Now, I want to show you something in the book of... Uh, uh, Psalms, Psalms, uh, the ninth chapter, Psalms 9 and verse number 17. Here is the danger, the danger of, of forgetting about God. Our world seems like they have forgotten God, but whatever you do, don't forget him. That, that hunger, I thank God for the hunger that I have for him every day. I, 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 it's the hunger, I, a hunger make you go to the refrigerator. A hunger make you go to the store. It make you go after food. A hunger for God make you go after God. And this is what men and women need in life. You need a hunger for God. Ask God, Lord, give me a hunger for you. I know, I know the church ain't top of mind. It ain't my, my, main, my main priority. Church, no. There's another thing we have made our priority. But you have to ask God to, to, to give you that hunger for him. And he will. Uh, Psalms 9 
at verse number 17. This is a dangerous thing right here. Check this out. Psalm 9, 17. It said, the wicked shall be turned into hell and all the nation that forget God. This is a danger of not having that hunger. I thank God for the hunger because I don't want to get caught up in this world. Our world will forgot God. They don't want God. They don't need God. Why? Because God is against what they are all about. God is about what they want to do, the life that they want to live. God don't want them to live that way. So they forget God. We don't need God. God stopped me from doing what I want to do. God stopped me from being who I want to be. Forget God. But they don't know. You need him. You'll never be your better self. You'll never be the best that you can be without him. The wicked shall be turned where? Into hell in all the nations that forget God. One thing I say to this world, you better not forget God. But he got something for you. At the last day, he got something for you. Forget him if you want to. But I thank God with me, he's top of mind. Somebody said top of mind. See, that's the new word they use now. You got to stay, stay up on top of things. Top of mind, that's a new word. That means he, he, he's up here. Priority. Top of mind. And I thank God for him being top of mind with me. Now, going just a little bit further. And we're still in the book of Psalms. Turn over a few pages. Psalm 42. Psalm 42. Now, Psalms, something about Psalms. Psalms has a, 150 books. I've learned this. I didn't know it earlier. Psalm has 150 books. And Psalms says David wrote Psalm. David wrote, did not write all of Psalms. David wrote some books of Psalms. Other people wrote Psalms. And when you look at Psalms, Psalms, did you know Psalms is nothing but a song? You pick up a song book, a song book, that's what song is. It's a song book. So uh, look at Psalms 42. Psalms 42. I'm talking about hunger and thirst for God. Psalms 42, verse number 1, I'm going to read down to verse number 3. Psalms 42 said, now this particular psalm right here was written by uh, uh, Mashiach. M-A-S-C-H-I-L, Mashiach, uh, the sons of Korah. Okay, and uh, the song of Korah, they were, they were all musicians, and so it's nothing but musical. It's just, it's just musical lyrics. That's what we're reading here now, musical lyric. They put the music to it, and, uh, and, 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 and I listen to a lot about gospel song. Uh, I hear people saying today, uh, they go right into the book. From, you can think of all these songs or think of a good song to sing. They go right to the Bible and they look at it and they get these words and they sing a song. Where they got one song, bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless his holy name. That's in the Psalms. They went over there and saw it and they saw that song. Man, this will make a good song. Let's put some music to it. And I can't sing it like they sing it. But they said, bless the Lord. Oh, my soul, in all that is within me, bless his holy name. Y'all know how it go. Ain't nothing but a song. So we read the lyrics of a song right now. And Psalm 42 said, As the heart panteth after the water brook, so panteth my soul after thee, O God. So this is what the psalmist is saying right here. As the heart panteth, and that word panteth, the word panteth means Breathing hard. A man, he climbed to the top of the mountain. And when he got to the top of the mountain, he was panting. He was out of breath. He was breathing hard. Like a man running a marathon, when he stopped running, you can see he's breathing hard in and out. That's what panting means. 
And so, uh, in other words, he, he, he works up a sweat. He, he's exhausted. And the word panted means that, that, that this, he said, as the heart panted after the water brook. And so, uh, the, the heart, look at the word H-A-R-T, that, that, that's a deer. Heart is a deer. And uh, this, this particular deer, heart, H-A-R-T, is a male deer. Y'all follow me? This is a man deer. Now, the female deer is called a hind. So the male deer is a heart, H-A-R-T, but the female deer is a hind, H-I-N-D. Now, in the Bible, David even talked about, he said, God, you give me, give me feast like a hind's feast. He said, give me feast like a hind. In other words, Lord, bless me, run like a deer. So the hind, H-A-N-D, is a female deer, and the heart is a male deer. And so this, the writer here said, as the heart deer panted at the water brook. When he get down there and he see the water, he breathing in and out, he exhausted, he ready for the water. And he says, so as the deer panted for the water brook, so panted my soul after God. So he said, and, and this is where we need to be. When David said, he said, I was glad when it said unto me, let her go to the house of the Lord. And so... In other words, we, we ought to get excited when we come to the house of the Lord. Man, I'm going to church. I'm going to the house of God. Just get excited, panting for it. We won't pant for the house of God. We won't pant for God, but we'll pant for the stuff of the world. We just named somebody that's coming here. A, a big movie star, a big singer coming. Man, did you hear so-and-so, so-and-so coming? I'm going to be there. I, I'm going to be there, man. It's going to be a great show. Just panting for it. But God, he, David said, the sermon, he said, I panted for God. So he said, Lord, as the heart panted for the water brook, so panted my soul after thee. When I think of the goodness of Jesus and all that he done for me, I get excited. I don't know about you, but I get excited about God. And what he done, what he going to do, man, I get to breathe hard. Ooh, Lord, I thank you. You woo what you going to do for me, what you have done. I get excited. Amen. I pant for him. Hunger for God, this thirst for God. We have to go after God. I heard one lady, uh, a good friend of mine, uh, uh, Sister Barringer, great man of God, Ella Barringer, my friend. He's down in Victoria, Mississippi, great preacher. Got to build a great church down there. And Sister Barringer up testifying. Y'all check this out. And she loved her husband. I know down through the year how much she loved her husband. I watch him when he get up and preach, man. She she get up and preach, boy. Ella Barry get to preach. His wife, she just dancing and shout because she loved her husband preaching. And um, she was testifying one day in the service, and she was just telling the whole church how much she loved her husband. And when she see him come home from work, she said, when I see him come through the door, my heart just be rejoicing. And, and she be panting for her husband. She's like, ooh, I love that man so much. And she expressed it in front of the whole church how much she adore him and just love him. And, and, and how she feels. She said, you just don't know how I feel when I see him come through the door. It does something to him. We got women now. A man come through the door. She go to another room. <laughs> they, ain't, they ain't glad to see him come home. He could have stayed at work, but 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 I but I admire her and how she appraised her husband and said she's just so glad to see him to come home and just do something to her. Or so glad to see mom when she come home. You know, like cheering when you see mom. They're just so glad to see him run and give her mom a hug. Hey, mama, so glad to see you home from school, home from work. They be glad to see their parents. 
And so that's, that's what it's talking about, panting for the Lord. So we got to be excited about God and excited about the things of God. So my soul panting for you. I'm excited about you, God. I love you. And when I come to the house of God, I'm glad to be here. I'm glad to be in the service. One more time, could have been dead and gone. That could have been me laying across there. That could have been you. But I thank God I'm here. Amen. I'm here. Amen. And I'm glad about it. In verse number two, he said, for my soul thirst for God. Y'all see it. What about you then? Do your soul thirst for God? My soul thirst for God. I gotta have God. I gotta have him. Talk about me. All they do is go to church. Every time I look up, they going to church. I gotta have him. If I don't have God, I don't have nothing. And if I don't have it, not have God is like a it's like a ship without a sail. My life all messed up. It's like a car without a steering wheel. Yeah. Without God, it's it, it, like a man without a woman. Yeah. A woman without a husband. It, it, it's terrible. Yes. Without God. We need him. Yeah. It's like a, without God, it's like a man that won't cheer it and, and don't have any. Mm -hmm. A emptiness, a void. Yes. Without God. And so he said, my soul thirsts for God, for the living God. When shall I come and appear before, be, before God? So we see here, he really, the people in the Bible, they really had this longing and thirst for God. Now I'm going to close out. Now turn with me to the book of Deuteronomy. This is my last scripture. Book of Deuteronomy, the, uh, the fourth chapter. Deuteronomy, the fourth chapter. Let me show you something right here, what the Lord said. How the Lord said he will help us. Deuteronomy, the fourth chapter. Hungry and thirst for God. Are you hungry for him? Are you hungry? You, you got to be hungry for him now. I, I need him. I need him. I need him. Anybody feel like me today? I need God. Amen. But without God, I, uh, you know, without God, I, uh, 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 we'll be like them officers that beat this boy up the other day. Without God, we would have no sense of direction. We have nothing to guide up. We have no boundaries, nothing, nothing to hold me, no restraint. I won't know when to stop. I won't know when enough is enough. I won't know how far to go. Without God, my life would just be miserable. And so are yours. And this is why people are so out of control in our world today. It's a lack of God. He's out the school. He's out the government. He's out the White House. He just, God is just out there. We all out of control and don't know why. It's because we left God. We left God, but we need to come on back to God. That's what we need to we, you, we need to come on back to God. Our children out of control. Our families out of control. Our marriages out of control. Everything out of control. Don't nobody love nobody no more. We out of control. Amen. We got to get back to God. Got to get back to him. If we don't, we doom, we lost. Forever lost. If we don't get back to the Lord. But I thank God for those of you that love him and hunger and thirsted for him. Listen to what the Lord said in Deuteronomy, the fourth chapter, verse number 29. And I'm going to close it with this. But, but if from this shall thou seek the Lord. Now, if you seek the Lord, thou shalt find him. If thou seek him with all thy heart and with all thy soul. People say, well, I tried church. Well, how long did you try? Oh, I went, I went one Sunday. That's not enough. That's not enough to get him. I mean, you got to take the challenge. 
You tried it one time. Well, there are awesome things in the world you can try one time and be hooked. Y'all know what I'm talking about? <laughs> there are awesome things you can try one time and be hooked. And that's drugs. You can get hooked on some dope. I've known people that tried it one time and they, they, I lost some kin folks who OD'd on drugs. My first cousin did dope. Just OD'd on it. Just died. Yeah, I've tried no whole lot of time. Just one time or too much. And it's crazy stuff they got out there now that's fentanyl that's coming in here uh, uh, every day and getting in the system. And you, you can smoke it one time and you ain't going to be here no more. Because what it's made of and what it's laced with, just one time you're going to be stretched out somewhere. There are some things you can try one time and be hooked and one time will be the last time you try it. But we don't want to experience that, right? No, we don't want to experience that. So I'm saying about God, now, you can't come to church one time and you're going to be all saved and sanctimonious and be as good as you can be. It's going to take more than that. It's going it gonna, it gonna to take a, a lifetime. It's going to take a practice. You got to keep on doing it, keep on doing it. And, uh, and, and the, better, the better, the more you go, the better it gets. You can't, you can't stop an old habit. Uh, 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 just cold turkey. Very few people can do that. But it, 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 it takes practice and it take, keep on taking those baby steps. And well, well, I, well, I, well, I got through the day, thank the Lord. I don't know what tomorrow going to be like, but we'll face it when we get there. It's going to take these baby steps. And little by little, God going to get you there. That makes sense to anybody? Little by little, God going to get you there. And so here he said, now, if you seek the Lord with thy whole heart, you'll find him. If thou seek with all your heart, you'll find him. Verse number 13 and when thou art in tribulation and all these things are come upon you, even in the latter days, if thou turn to the Lord and shall be obedient unto his voice. Verse 31, for the Lord thy God is a merciful God. Yes, he is. He will not forsake thee, neither destroy you. He won't forsake. He won't forget the covenant of thy father, which he has sworn to you. So he said, if you just seek him, seek him. God is merciful. He won't forsake you. He won't destroy you. Not if you really want help. He won't forget the covenant that he made with our fathers. That he's sworn unto them. God won't do that. But you got to really want it. People talk about change. But, but do you really want it? How bad you want it? You got to really want it. I've never seen anybody that really wanted it. That didn't get it. Jesus said in the word. He that come to me in no wise will I cast out. If you come to God and want help brothers and my sister. God will not let you go without help. If you seek him, you got to really want it with all your heart, with all your strong. You know it's the right thing, but if you really want it, God will do it. He'll, he'll let you have it. But you got to really want it. You can't play. Am I making sense to anybody? I'm talking about hunger and thirst for God. Hunger and thirst for God. He said, he said I won't forsake you, and I won't destroy you. Nor forget the covenant that I made with your father. I won't do it. So God has made a covenant and made a promise. If we seek him, he'll be there for us. But you can't do it one time. You got to keep on doing. All right, give the Lord a hand praise.
hunger and thirst for God. You got to do that. This is what our world is lacking. This is what we need. We need that water. I'm talking about that spiritual life. Ask the Lord, Lord, bless me to have a spiritual life. Give me a spiritual life. I want a spiritual life with Christ so I can be the better person. I can be the person that when you people, we can talk and I can, and we can enjoy each other's conversation. Some people, you talk to them, you can't even enjoy their company. You can't enjoy the conversation. They're talk, they talking so crazy. I, I was at a, a party last night, a birthday party. My niece, since Jones and I went. She turned 50 years old when she celebrated. And there was, a, there was another family member there were talking so crazy, so crazy, all off the wall. And uh, we couldn't have a com- good conversation with her because she don't know Jesus. And she was so annoying Everybody in the room knew it and saw that she was out of place and so annoying. And some of them were telling her, be quiet, stop, stop. She was just showing out and cutting up in front of everybody, embarrassing the girl, and we celebrating her birthday. So some people, you can't enjoy them. Why? Because they're just so messed up. But when you get the Lord in you, when you get Christ in your life, people can enjoy your company. They can enjoy your conversation. We can have a good conversation. We can laugh and enjoy one another. But a person like her, everybody wish she wasn't even there. You don't want to be like that. This is what God can do for us. We want to live where we can enjoy one another company and enjoy one another conversation. God bless you. Give the Lord a hand and praise. I'm done. Thank God for our service on today. I hope it said something to encourage your heart. Thanks, Pastor Johnson, for another amazing message. Make sure to join us next week for an all-new episode of the Upper Room Church Podcast. Until then, remember, encounter Jesus, echo hope, and dwell in love.